This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's now time for Women on the Waves, a show focusing on issues affecting women, here on Christchurch's community access station Plains FM. I'm Rachel Hazeldon and today on Women's Lives, Women's Stories programme, I'm speaking to Sally Brake. Sally is a storyteller, nurse and photographer and is passionate about sharing the stories of nurses who work through the Kaikoura earthquakes. Kia ora and welcome Sally. Kia ora Rachel. Lovely to have you here. Wanted to start, what drew you to nursing as a career? Um, I trained in the old-fashioned way, hospital trained um, in Timaru in the late 70s. It came about because I had a motorbike accident when I was a teenager and I spent three weeks in hospital and, um, yeah, just really impressed by what nurses did. Mm. So I guess... So you had a was, positive experience to be I had cared a, for. I had a very positive experience and I thought this is what I want to do and is funnily enough it actually happened overnight I, I was had already left school I was in a job and then one night I went to bed and woke up the next morning and said I was going to be a nurse and four mm. months later I was wonderful yes and I know nursing can evolve many many different streams and fields and aspects was there a particular branch or field you went down in nursing? Yes, I was a paediatric nurse and I did that in Timaru, uh, Christchurch and in London. Um, Later on when I became a mother I found it very difficult so it was really hard seeing injured children when you became a mother so I could no longer be a paediatric nurse so I went on to do lots of other nursing roles. Mm, mm, Wonderful. And one of the things I want to talk to you about today is that you've put together a wonderful project around uh, the voices of the Kaikoura earthquake nurses. Tell me how that came about for you. It's uh, quite a long story. Uh, after being displaced in the first Christchurch earthquake and leaving the city after the second earthquake, I returned to my hometown, Ashburton, and I set myself up as a professional photographer. I worked as a photographer part-time and as a nurse part-time, And then I was drawn into writing with my photography. So Mm. I enjoyed telling people's stories, um, being like the humanitarian approach. I worked closely with the migrant community in Ashburton. I was a volunteer at the newcomers. And I decided that I wanted to do a photo essay on migrant women. So that was in Ashburton, like 2011, 12 and 13. And that Mm. was a very, 
very rewarding experience. So mm. I love combining the skills of writing and photography mm. to tell stories. And I've read a number of your stories about those migrant women in Ashburton, and it's beautiful to capture the many layers of their stories, the images of them, but also what brought them to Ashburton, their experience there. Yes, yeah. yes, it was a very, very rewarding experience. It was really interesting how it unfolded. I, I mean, I just had this idea and I didn't even know how I was going to do it or anything. And then I w- walked into a dairy to buy an ice cream one day and a lady behind the counter, I noticed she was speaking South American Spanish. And mm. I just said, buenos dias, como estas, you know, and we started chatting. <laughs> and um, I got my hokey pokey ice cream. And then I just said to her, look, I, my name is Sally Brake. I'm wanting to do a photo essay, a migrant woman. Would you be prepared to tell your story? And she just goes, yes, I will. And she'd had so many people approach her. And she was from Paraguay. Mm. And she was married to a Japanese man and ended up in Ashburton. So it was really, really interesting. And then once I'd done her story, like I just met the next person, it just unfolded beautifully. And it was very, very rewarding. And what I loved was watching the woman just like tell, witness them telling their stories. And they just blossomed. They mm. totally blossomed over that, the period of a few months. That power of being heard. The power of being heard. Deeply listened to. One woman in particular, um, she was from Palestine and we covered her story and I photographed her and then she went home to Pal- Palestine for a few months and then she came back and I was like, oh my goodness, what's happened to you? You look amazing. And she and she was, it was like, it was a huge transformation and it was really wonderful being a part of that process. Yeah, um, yeah she, yeah, she looked great. It yeah. was really, really good. Yeah. And what do you think the impact was on uh, the local women, the women who already lived in um, Māori, Pākehā women who lived in Ashburton or the wider community of Ashburton? Yes, well, for me, growing up in Ashburton, it was a very much a middle-class, white, conservative place. And when I returned there after the Christchurch earthquakes, it was like I just felt really excited to see all these different groups, all these migrants, um, and I just thought it changed the dynamic of Ashburton. Um, we had uh, a wonderful woman who was in charge of the newcomers group. Her name was Daria. She was from Russia. And every month on a Friday night, we would celebrate a different country. So we did like Russia, South Africa, African countries, India, and we'd all come together and someone would talk on their particular country. There'd be singing and dancing, and then we'd share a meal. So it was a wonderful, wonderful togetherness about bringing communities together, um, which is very, very topical, you know, with Mm. what's happened to us Mm. here in Christchurch. Mm. Mm. It's about, you know, exploring our differences Mm. and accepting our differences and loving each other Mm. for what we are Mm. and who we are. Mm -hmm. And you've been at the Remembrance 
service this morning and I was watching it on television. Yes, it was it was amazing. Um, I just think, you know, I feel like something is just beautiful happening in Christchurch. We have suffered so, so much um, with earthquakes and the ongoing trauma. It just doesn't stop there. I mean, me, I, I've been a victim and a responder, um, and I know the impact it's had on myself. Mm. It's cost me dearly in so many ways, um, but also my patience. It's, it, it costs a lot, um, not financially, well, that financially, but in other ways too. Um, What's happening in Christchurch? It's just this togetherness that's happening. And I think we've been so broken and the old model of being is just going. And as a city, we want to connect. We Mm -hmm. want to be together. Mm -hmm. We want to, you know, enjoy each other. We want to understand each other. And I think Christchurch and New Zealand is showing the world. Mm -hmm. And I think storytelling is a really important part of that Mm. you know Mm. we tell our stories we open out the rawness of our lives and it helps us to understand each other Mm. Mm. I know for myself that storytelling has always made me feel connected to others they share their stories I share my stories and with my own struggles with mental health that I've begun to see my weakness is actually is my strength because I'm willing to be vulnerable and I'm willing to share my story. And I see others doing that more and more too. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. I applaud you on your honesty. Thank you. Yes. Thank Fantastic. You. So how that, so you, you went through the experience of the Christchurch earthquakes and you moved back to Ashburton and you you made all these wonderful connections with migrant women. Yes. What, what led that next step to Kaikoura? Um, the nursing job that I was working at finished, and, you know, I still need bread and butter. And I responded to a job advert. Uh, I'd seen it weeks and weeks ago to be a a mine nurse at Stockton Coal Mine Mm. and I love the outdoors, I love the West Coast. We used to holiday at Westport Mm. as children and I think as a 10-year-old I walked the heafy track. So I knew what a gem Westport Mm. was Mm -hmm. and before I knew it, bang, I was over there and I just, I had to go for a site visit and I just like, I just felt I was just drawn to that role and Mm. it was an amazing role. It was challenging in a lot of ways because in the time that I was there, 18 months, we had three restructures. There was a lot of mental health issues Um, but I just, I'd loved it. Stockton is actually a very, very beautiful place. I saw a lot of beauty. I was really impressed by the rehabilitation and the Mm. Kiwi program there. Mm. I'd had thought previously, um, you know, the green person in me, I think, how on earth could I go and work in a coal mine? But then, I mean, coal miners need tender loving care, and I hope... That's what I did. That was my aim, Mm. to help them in that difficult time. And it was probably one of the most rewarding positions in my life. Mm. 
And I read something that you wrote about introducing mindful resilience, is that right? Mindfulness. Mindfulness. Yes. And how did that impact working at the Um, online? It was, there were mixed responses. Um, Because it was quite a stressful time with the restructures and the coal price was going down and down and down and there was, you know, a lot of pressure on the mine managers I yeah I decided to bring mindfulness into the mine and I used my photography and photographed different parts of the mine and did inspirational quotes and we ha- we have a it's a PSI pre-start is um, pre-start information when we all get together before the start of shift and I would get people to focus on something like for one week it was gratitude and I mean a lot of people sort of looked at me sideways and like what's this crazy woman doing <laughs> but it's just trying to get people to be in their hearts and think you know just being mindful and I was endeavouring to help people to see that there could be a life outside of the mine because the West Coast is fairly limited as far as choices of industry, occupation, jobs mm. go. Um, yeah, although it's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful part of New Zealand, um, it, there are restrictions mm. with mm. jobs. Mm. So I introduced this. I had varying reports. Some people just couldn't relate to it and the other people I got really really good mm. positive response mm, mm. so um, yeah so the many chapters of Sally's life yes and after the mines after the mines I came back to Ashburton for a while and then I wasn't I was so unsettled like I never wanted to come back to Christchurch and I didn't know where I belong and, yeah, I just didn't know where my piece of dirt was in the world or mm. it was really, really unsettling. Um, I came back to Ashburton's, didn't feel right and I knew I wanted to develop my writing and photography more. Still didn't want to come back to Christchurch, and then I saw a job advertised in Kaikoura, and I thought, "This is it, mm. you know? It's such a beautiful place. Mm. You've got the sea, you've got all the wildlife there, beautiful mountains. Mm. I'm sure there'll be a lot of inspiration for me." Mm. So I moved to Kaikoura in August 2016. Mm. I visited earlier in the year. I had a friend, Australian friend over, and she had wanted to go to the whale watching and the the bird watching, and I hadn't been for a number of years, and I'd forgotten how beautiful, mm. absolutely beautiful it is there. Yeah, it is. It's an absolutely stunning place yeah. and a really nice community. Mm. I felt great there. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I felt like you know I could settle there. And then it, unexpected things happened for you. Yes, my third severe earthquake. Mm. So um, it was it was a different experience again. I mean, I knew exactly what had hit us when it happened. Mm. Um, I was living at South Bay, so we had the added risk of tsunami, and I evacuated with my 
dear friends and neighbours. Um, we evacuated up the hill, not knowing that we'd actually evacuated after the tsunami had been and gone. I'd managed to grab a pair of jeans and a T-shirt and raced out the door and we said, right, we're going, and we all crammed in and everybody drove up to the cemetery. The whole town was there and I was still in my nighty and then I thought, oh, I've got to get to the hospital. So I just changed there in the middle of everybody, put my jeans and T-shirt on. I didn't have any shoes. I walked in my fluffy slippers to the Kaikoura Hospital, was just five minutes away, and then started working mm. and started triaging as the injured came into the hospital. Mm. Mm. So um, I couldn't write. I was shaking so much, and I didn't have my glasses with me, but I sort of organised people in the waiting room. Mm. 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 So, yeah. Is it still hard to talk about? Or no, it's not, yeah, it's yeah. not hard at all. Yeah. It's not hard because yeah. I just... Every time I talk about it now, um, I just get filled of love mm. of what, you know, the other people, mm. tremendous mm. amount of love mm. and how we supported each other, you mm. know, and what we did. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, some people did some amazing things, nurses and doctors and ambulance, caregivers. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And what made you choose to focus on the nurses' story? Well, this particular aspect? I returned to nursing 10 years ago and it's very sad how the nursing profession has gone and how there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of bullying and I feel like there isn't time to give the cares that we want to give to our patients. Yeah. So it was very, just a few weeks after I thought there is a really big story here. Yeah. And that combined with the whole political scene of nursing and wanting to, you know, have a voice and want to speak up and want to be valued and want to be paid more. The whole thing is interconnected. And I thought, I have to do this for nursing Mm. Um, but it's not just nursing, it's for the health care. It's for all of New Zealand. Um, you know, our health care system is really, really stretched and there's some really, really difficult parts of it. And we have to remind ourselves, like, why we became nurses and what we love about it. And hopefully that will get more value within the system. Yeah. Um, it's the system is so full of documentation and computer work and all the rest of it. It takes us away from the bedside yeah. um, for caring for our patient, which gives the modern nurse a lot of stress, mm -hmm. a lot of stress. And look, I can't say that I follow a lot of politics, and um, you know, I've, I'm aware that there's been nurses' strikes as with any other industry. But I know that if I I kind of just focus on the facts and statistics, that doesn't necessarily m make a shift in my mind. Whereas I, just as you're speaking, was thinking about a um, story of an Australian teacher uh, talking about, she was a primary school teacher, talking about her experience in the classroom and her stress and the kind of, 
typical day in the life of a teacher. Mm. Mm. And that just altered everything I'd, I'd thought about teachers. Mm. And so I can imagine the impact of being able to interview these nurses from Kaikoura and share their lived experience mm. Mm. And, and touch the hearts of um, the general public. Yes, yes. Um, that's right. I mean, it, it's th- this project, Messengers of Hope, uh, the voices of the Kaikoura earthquake nurses, it's about nurses, but it's about community because once you tell a story, um, people see their own stories Yes, in someone's story. We see ourselves. We see ourselves. And the details might be different. Yeah. But we see ourselves, our human core. That's, r- that's right. Yeah. That's right. And so it's reflected wider. And so I'm ho- I'm hoping, my intention is for the Kaikoura earthquake to see their own stories. And by telling stories, we can let go of our stories mm. and step into a different future so mm. we can let go of the grief and the trauma mm. and the disconnection. Mm. And we can let go of that and live full alive in the future. Mm. So I'm hoping that the nurse stories affect the Kaikoura, you know, the Kaikoura community and the Christchurch community and then the New Zealand community. It's mm. a it's a spin off, you mm. know. So the the exhibition is going to be touring. Yes. That's the plan at this stage yes. for it to tour. Yes. yes. So the three it's a three year anniversary of the Kaikoura earthquakes on the fourteenth of November this year, twenty nineteen. Tell me a little bit more what you're planning um, logistically. Yes. So leading towards that time. Yes. So I have um, started interviewing mm. nurses mm. and um, it's been amazing. I've been so, so affected and um, very just some magic, mm. absolutely magic. Mm. And there's just gems of information that's coming out mm. and just... You know, they're being the nurses are being really vulnerable and allowing them just to tell their stories, and I've just been so honoured mm. to witness them. Mm. So I've got five um, interviews done so far. So then I'll dry, draft up their narratives, yes. and I say to each nurse or every person I interview, they always get to edit what I've written so that they. They may change their mind. They Mm. may say, actually, I don't want to go there. Or they might say, Mm. actually, I want to say some more about that. Mm. And that's it's kind of nice to have that time. That's what I found with a migrant woman. And I've always said that you it's your story. You have the ownership for what gets published. Mm. So they can change it Mm. right up until printing. So how many... Nurses, will you? I've got five. I've, I've, I've interviewed five. I've got 11. I'm needing one more. Right. Yep. Yes. Okay. So, yep. And uh, a photo exhibition? Yes. So, so I'm telling their story and I'm hoping as we edit their stories and, you know, it's a process for them mm. that, you know, 
and months I'm going to do the photography at the end because I'm hoping that in some way there'll be a transformation, a letting go. So mm. I will photograph each an individual nurse. And one nurse said to me, oh, do we have to be in uniform? I said, no, 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 no. You can be, this is your story. I'll photograph you however you want with mm. your out. Climb, climbing Mount Fife or you're out fishing or you're taking mm-hmm. your dog for a walk, you're in your veggie patch, the photograph Perfect. is just totally about you. Yeah. So they get to choose how I photograph them. Perfect. Yes. And a concert, you're thinking? Yes. Well, so the it's, um, it's going to be the narrative and the photos and that's going to be an exhibition. And I decided I think a... a concert would be really good. So it's a celebration of life. It's a celebration of Kaikoura, um, how everybody came together, more than just the nurses. So we're going to have um, a concert Mm. as an Mm. opening ceremony Mm. on the opening night. So we're going to be calling for people to come forward to entertain us. Mm. Yes. Such a gorgeous idea, Sally. Yes. And I know you you this is completely voluntary. You've done this on your own bat and you're fundraising at the moment. I am. So tell us about what you set up. Yes, well I've I've been working on this for over a year. Working on getting sponsorship, which has been a little bit slow. I'm in negotiation with a few places. I am going to be launching a Give a Little page mm-hmm. on the 9th of April. Yeah. So it's Give a Little, Messengers of Hope. So I would love some support, financial support, if anybody feels called to this project. If you would uh, like to donate, that would be greatly appreciated. It's about storytelling as disaster resilience and recovery, and I'm hoping that it's going to serve the whole of New Zealand. Mm, mm. Yes. Sally, I love what you're doing. Thank I really you. do. We're going to finish with a song. Was there anything else you wanted to say before we finish? No, just thank you very much. Oh, and I've really enjoyed yes. having the conversation. I'm clear that you know we could have talked much longer <laughs> about many of the adventures of your life. So you've chosen John Denver, uh, his song, I Want to Live. Tell me about that. My one claim to fame is I actually met John Denver when I was in Aspen, Colorado in 1981. And he was friends of friends of mine and we ended up having dinner. And yeah, quite inspired by his life, what he did um, for peace and humanity and the environment. Um, So quite a personal connection. I love his music. And after what's happened to all of us in Canterbury, earthquakes, well, all of New Zealand, there's been a lot, earthquakes and floods and fires and a mine disaster. And now with the massacre at the at the mosques, mm-hmm. you know, we want to live. I want to live. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to live in a different way. I want to be more open and loving and yeah. connecting. So. Yeah. A message of Aranui love. Thank you, Sally. Mm, Thank you, Rachel. There are children raised in sorrow On a scorched and barren plain There are children raised beneath the golden sun There are children of the water 
children of the sand, and they cry out through the universe, their voices raised as one. I want to live, I want to grow, I want to see, I want to know, I want to share what I can give, I want to be, I want to live. Gazed out on the ocean, seen the breaching of a whale. Have you watched the dolphins frolic in the foam? Have you heard the song the humpback hears, five hundred miles away, telling tales of ancient history, of passages and home? I want to live. I want to grow. I want to see. I want to know. I want to share what I can give. I want to be. I want to live. For the worker and the warrior, the lover and the liar, for the native and the wanderer in kind, for the maker and the user. The mother and her son. I am looking for my family, and all of you are mine. We are standing all together, face to face, arm in arm. We are standing on the threshold of a dream. Yes. No more hunger, no more killing, no more wasting life away. It is simply an idea, and I know its time has come. I want to live, I want to grow, I want to see, I want to know.